Connor Bedard is supposed to be the next Gretzky, the next Crosby. And it was a fan that said, Marcel Dion. And I'm like, you nailed it. Remember Marcel. What a player. Yeah, he definitely was. Hopefully this young man's a little bit taller than Marcel. You know, it was incredible to play. Uh, of course, Marcel was key to our line. He was the superstar that did everything. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It is. Hello, Canada. Welcome to the RP Show and Canadian sports fans around the world. What a day. We are having ourselves a day. Notice anything different about me? I'll let the first of you uh, get a gift card for Taco Time if you notice it. Maybe the moose is eligible to play, but it is game day here in South Florida. Game one, Panthers lightning. Want to talk about that. And we welcome in the affable co-host of the program, Darren Moose DuPont. What's with the glasses today, uh, Moose? Trying to look smart? Trying to look smart, see if I can bring any intelligence into the conversation today. And, uh, you know, a lot of screen time, so I figured I better get my glasses on. Good for you. Good for you. I'll tell you what, good luck. By the way, I'm going to say it right now. What a day. I had some uh, vehicle problems. The check engine light came on today as I was trolling down glades. That could just completely threaten to derail my day. And then getting on the air here, at least trying to get on the air today, one court, one malfunctioning court, foobarred the whole outfit. Right? So now I'm running off that. laptop camera again today so again how does it look moose look jordan seems to be okay with it yeah and you know typically if jordan's okay with it i'm okay with it it look i think it looks good yeah <laughs> it looks good Good. well then back to normal back to normal and nobody needs to know a blinking thing uh coming up on the program today our good and longtime friend andrew walker formerly a fan 590 toronto fan 960 calgary sportsnet 650 vancouver Big 105 Red Deer. Andrew Walker's going to be with us. He's launched a new podcast called The Hedge out of Edmonton. And I'm interested to chat with Walks about a variety of things. That's coming up in hour one. And then in hour two, nice work, Clark. The television voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Dave Randorf. Dave Rambo Randorf's going to be with us to preview this series, Game 1, Lightning and Panthers. So that's all coming up. With that out of the way. Can we hit the quick six show horn, please? A uh, lot of interesting things to get to. I wanted to mention, by the way, Moose, did you see where I said those little things threatened to derail my day? But I'm not going to let them derail my day. Both of them completely out of my control. But I will try to not kick the camera this time when I run to the bathroom in the break because I think this is operator error. It might be on me. People might want to look in the mirror from time to time. You'd be surprised at what you'd see. Point one. The hockey spotlight will be on the Sunshine State tonight when the Lightning and Panthers open the second round of the NHL playoffs at FLA Live Arena in Sunrise. Tampa's the defending Stanley Cup champions, while the Panthers won the President's Trophy this season for having the best overall record in the regular season. In the later game, the St. Louis Blues will face the Colorado Avalanche at Ball Arena in Denver. So it's a doubleheader tonight, Moose, and I'm wondering how you feel about that. I like it with the squirrel that I am. I think we talked about this a year ago and maybe two years ago. It's nice. Less games, more to sink your teeth into. You know, and I'm going to be at FLA Live Arena tonight. I just, <laughs> I'm on pins and needles. I can't wait. Everybody's talking about it. And if I may, when we talk about what they're saying on South Florida Radio today, this is what it is. They're mad 
that the Heat and the Celtics are opening up tonight, two in Miami, and the Panthers are playing game one against Tampa Bay. They're mad. How can they schedule this? They're blaming a conspiracy on Gary Bettman. I don't know how. That's just what they're saying on the radio, Moose. So it's not just Winnipeg. It's not just Winnipeg that gets upset when their teams are playing on the same night. So your thoughts on uh, game one, Lightning Panthers? Well, I, I get it. And, you know, Gary Bettman wants to screw the little guy and he wants Tampa Bay to win again. So he schedules it on the same night so they won't have as many fans in the building and Tampa Bay will avoid the home ice advantage that Florida has and they'll roll on through the series. And I don't think that's what's going on. But you know what? It's, it's, it's fun for sports talk radio to, you know, to, to talk about conspiracy theories. Look, I, I've seen some videos, your videos. I've seen other, other videos. I saw Jeannie Bouchard's social media inside that building in FLI Live Arena, how packed it was. The atmosphere is getting there. They're buying in. So I think that there's some heat down there. And if they sell out and it's a great atmosphere again tonight, forget about the heat. I mean, they'll, they'll sell out too, but the Panthers are becoming a ticket, man. And this is going to be a great series, especially after these two teams had a really good battle last year. This may be a record five minutes into the show, and I'm already derailed mentally. Because I want to do a talk about the Colorado-St. Louis series, but no, I won't. Here's what I was thinking the other night, whatever game it was against Washington, game five here. They were jammed. I mentioned that the the score sheet said 19,000 and change were in the arena, but my buddies here were saying, no, 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 we crammed over 20,000 in. And I'm like, oh, it's like the old days of the Moose Jaw Civic Center and the crushed can. They just told the fire marshal to uh, take the night off. You know, great. I don't have a problem with it. Um, but there were things happening in the game where there were, you know, the hybrid icing call. People, oh, boo, they, they knew, you know, or, or bad penalty calls. They knew. And I'm sitting there examining this going, you know, they do know. And they've had hockey here since 1993. It's just if they lose, as my buddy Thad said, because he's invested, okay? His summer's ruined if the Panthers lose out here. Thad's invested, but he said the other 15,000 in this building that aren't hardcore, they'll go to South Beach and do drugs all weekend in their life. They'll be fine. How about right? That? So there's just not as many people as invested in the team like the Leafs and the Habs and the Orders. Like, you know what I mean? And I say, you know, I, I don't know if there's any teams that I'm that invested in emotionally. Probably the Regina Pats. That's it. Because when they made the league final in 2017, I was swearing on Twitter. And people were like, Rod, put your phone down. I was swearing on, I was so upset that my Pats were losing in the league final. But they're about the only team that I care that much. Uh, so there's that. And then the other thing with Bettman, I'm, I'm surprised that you would jump onto that and say, oh yeah, Bettman's trying to screw the little man. Because in this case, he is the little man, for one. And for two, I'm trying to think that there aren't such a thing as conspiracy theories because, as you recall, in my 20 seasons in the CFL, I was the conspiracy theory guy. And my God, the horrible things that were said to and about me because of my conspiracy theories. And then I leave the league, and then I have people come up to me and go, you know, Rod, (laughs) you were right. I'm like... So I'm trying not to overthink it, but I'm... Is there a conspiracy here? that the Heat and the Panthers would play on the same night. You were joking, right? Yeah, of course, I was joking. Yeah, there's no way <laughs> there's a conspiracy theory between the two. No way. 
You know, I think the the market's big enough, and I think it's going to be fun. You got to remember about those diehard fans too, in, in Florida, like it's been since '93 they were in the league. They only had one real run. That was in '96. They made the Stanley Cup final. So everybody gets on the bandwagon, and then when they don't get a sniff of getting back there, I mean, it, everybody leaves the bandwagon. So to have that many diehard fans still hold over from '96 is amazing, and they're going to start to get more and more the more consistently they can have success. Like <sighs> okay, so Moose, I'm hoping you're loving this conversation as much as me. If you've noticed, and I don't know if you're watching as closely as I am, but Bettman was down here for game two, I think, of the first round series, and then he was saying how hockey is growing in the state of Florida. Wayne Gretzky said it on the panel of the NHL on TNT. Hockey's exploding in Florida. I'm like, not really. But clearly there is an agenda here to push this. And in my life, largely, I've been the benefactor of really great timing. There's been bad timing in some instances, but for the most part, great timing. And I'm like, if we're going to have this show out of here half the time or more, I would love for Florida to be a hockey hotbed more than ever before, believe me. But a lot of what it is, is the fact that the Panthers are winning. It doesn't hurt the Tampa's, obviously, two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. So it, it's the perfect storm for this to all happen. So I'm hoping that it continues. Anyways, uh, Braden Point probably won't play tonight, The other, which helps the Panthers a ton. Uh, the other thing that we're talking about in here, I want your take on this. How many times, Darren, if you've watched these interviews when you're not on, Nichols, Simmer, Dreger, people saying they don't trust Sergei Bobrovsky. They don't trust Florida's goaltending. And I don't really trust him either. But at some point, they do say, and I, history will show this, that stats will show this, goalies get better the older they get. Bobrovsky's a two-time Vezina Trophy winner. He's got a $10 million a year contract. Wouldn't it be something if he just, some spring, just randomly all of a sudden gets it? <laughs> maybe, this is, maybe this is it because it's, it's here. They, any problems he has are here. One thing we see in the recovery business, and it works with goaltending. You were great at one time. We've seen your ability to be at the top of your game. So what were you doing to get to the top of your game? What was going on in your life then? You can use it for human beings, you know, for their life, and certainly high-level athletes. So do you think Bob could in some way match Vasilevsky in this series? And if so, what would that mean to this series? Well, we've seen it, right? We've seen Bob's top end match Vasilevsky's high end. Problem is, is Bob's got a lower low end than Vazzy does, right? There's more of a spread. And we've seen that I too. Think the older you, <laughs> I think the older you get, the tighter that gap becomes, right? I think you stop making so many sporadic mistakes. You get a little less risky. So, you know, you play a little quieter. I think we've seen that with some older goaltenders. But we've seen that Bob can do it. The reason we don't trust him is because we've never seen him take a team deep in the playoff. And until he does, we're not mm -hmm. going to trust him. So as long as the guys in that locker room trust him, he has the ability to stand on his head and play really well. Um, the good news is they got Spencer Knight in behind him if they need to go that way. But, uh, you know, I think it's obviously a, a point of conversation because there's zero questions about Tampa's goaltending. But I think Bob can absolutely accomplish it. And we hope he shows up tonight. Uh, game one, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um...
There's so much that I would like to write in my columns, but if you've noticed, I've taken the last two weekends off for writing my 10 things columns because, quite frankly, I'm not staring at the walls in a, in a room of a hotel. I'm out doing things, so I'd rather be doing things than maybe writing. But a, So some of these topics are things that I would like to tackle. Uh, people are talking about the uh, ESPN and TBS broadcast crews. i got a lot of things to talk about there. Ryan McCarthy is watching in New York. He says, both games tonight are on TNT. He says, I'll be listening on the NHL app. Um, Farmer in Saskatchewan in the chat says, so when do the rats come out in Florida? Really great question. My friend Jess, she had two of them with her at the game the other night, and I didn't ask her why she didn't throw them on the ice. I, the really, she brought them. didn't throw them on the ice. Thad bought a box of them. $3 a rat. And by the way, they're not real. They're plastic. But when do the rats come out? Maybe tonight would be a really good time for that. That's a good question here. Um, and on the broadcast, very happy to see my dear friend Julie Stewart-Binks on the Between the Benches and the, uh, well, last series, I think it was Tampa Bay, Toronto. I can't remember. Can't keep all these broadcasts straight. I see a lot of uh, belly aching and groaning about the broadcast crews. We've done enough about that. Um, let's just move on. Oh, yeah, Colorado's playing St. Louis tonight. Nobody cares. Colorado's coaches from Yorkton, Jared Bednar. Uh, two Blues still hail from Saskatchewan, Braden Shen and Tyler Bozak. But do you feel like the shine is kind of off the Saskatchewan Blues? Nobody seems to talk about it anymore like we were at one time. I know. We were talking about it a ton. It was really exciting and the new thing. And now we're at the point of the party where it's like... I've been there. I've done that. It's not that exciting. I mean, you're just learning this now. We knew they were Saskatchewan a long time ago. You know, so we've kind of become the cool kids at the party, right? So, yeah. Um, people love to talk about commissioners, too. I'm not sure why, but they do. Ted, watching in Red Deer, says, I think Gary Bettman is tied with Adam Silver as the best league commissioner, in my opinion. Uh, from Jeff, the Stamps fan, he says, maybe Gary Bettman is just confident his product can compete with the NBA. I'm sure that he can. Don't forget, Gary Bettman came from the NBA. He was the assistant or whatever deputy commissioner when he came to the National Hockey League. But a very good uh, segue. Let's move on from the NHL. Other than to say, Wayne Gretzky, if I saw this right. Number 99, Wayne Gretzky has chosen the Calgary Flame to win the series against the Edmonton Did I see that right, or was I dreaming it again? Because I woke up the other night and looked at my phone and thought the Flames had lost Game 7 against Dallas, and for several hours I thought they had. So were my eyes deceiving me on this one? Did you see the Oilers' Twitter account? They, all they no, what they say? was The Oilers tweeted, Ouch, Wayne. Because <laughs> he picked the Flames. I couldn't believe it. It shocks the hell out of me. Like, you could pour gasoline on Lanny McDonald down his throat and throw matches on him, and he wouldn't pick anybody but the Calgary Flames. Again, love Wayne Gretz, no doubt. But I feel like somebody's putting Wayne up to these things. Which, by the way, I assume you're getting the panels in Canada like I am here in South Florida, the same panels. This, like, you're getting yeah. Bissonette and Gretzky and Pocket. Did you see the other night when Bessonette just went on and on and on on his point? And Wayne turns and goes, 
Land the plane, bitch. Did you see <laughs> I did not that? see that. I hit the, I hit the floor. Wayne Gretzky, land the plane, Biz. Oh, and then Biz Nasty just turned red as a tomato. So the thing with Gretzky picking uh, the flames, I don't know. I just said, uh, I think he's taking his role as analyst very seriously. Anyways, yeah. you all came here for the hockey talk. You also came here for the football talk. And we'll get to that next. From one commissioner talk to another, we'll talk about Randy Ambrosi, day three of the CFL strike. We'll tell you which team's picketing outside their stadium today. Uh, Blue Jays, junior hockey. Mitch Marner got robbed last night. That ain't cool. So we got a lot of things to get to. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show. This is the warm-up. We're only halfway through it on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Another beautiful day in South Florida, but next week we are live on location at the Centennial Cup in beautiful Estevan, Saskatchewan, a 10-team tournament. From May 19th to the 29th with hosts the Esteban Bruins welcoming the champions of the nine CJHL leagues. The 11th time the Prairie Province has hosted Canada's National Junior A Championship. For more information on the 2022 Centennial Cup, visit HockeyCanada.ca or follow along on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. As we welcome uh, the Moose back in from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. It's a, it's a lovely... World we live in with communication moves. My phone is going nuts with guys and gals converging on Estevan. They're saying it's going to be a reunion. Um, there's some hockey people that don't want, they want it to be a surprise that they're coming to Estevan. So I guess you'll find out when they get there. But we've got the Bruins dinner. We've got games every day, three a day, and our show live uh, from next Monday to, month to Friday, I guess, inclusive. It's just going to be fantastic. And before we switch gears to the CFL strike. Poll question today. Thank you, Producer Clark, for A, coming up with the question, and B, posting it to Twitter, and C, YouTube. Who should win the NHL's Selkie Trophy? And for those that don't know, that's for the NHL's top defensive forward. Uh, did they announce these finalists today, Clark? I didn't see. They did? How did I not get that notification? But with the spit show grease fire that my morning's been, that doesn't surprise me. So here they are, Moose. Patrice Bergeron of the Boston Bruins. Elias Lindholm of the Calgary Flames. Peter Mars' voice echoes in my head every time I see the name Elias Lindholm. And Sasha Barkov of the Florida Panthers. So I'm voting for Bergeron. And I'll tell you the reason why, but he's not leading the vote. Elias Lindholm of the Calgary Flames is leading with 41% of the vote, then Bergeron with 34 Barkov with 25%. Lindholm had his best offensive season ever. I don't think of him as a defensive forward at all. Uh, Sasha Barkov does it all. He plays, <laughs> he quarterbacks the power play. I believe he centers the top line. He's a forward, don't you know? He's the captain of the Florida Panthers. He literally does it all, but I don't think of him as defense either. Patrice Bergeron, I kind of do. 
But I was spoiled. I was in an era of watching Bob Gainey. He won it every year. Just like Gretzky won the MVP every year, Bob Gainey won the top defensive forward every year. They should call it the Bob Gainey Award. None of these guys play like Bob Gainey. Old man yells at Cloud. Who are you voting for for the Selkie Trophy? Um, probably Bergeron, too. I mean, how many does he have already? He's, he's got a few under his belt, right? I mean, he's won it quite a few years. I mean, um, probably Bergeron for me. Although the other two are very deserving as well. Um, you would have watched Barkov more than I, I did. But yeah, Bergeron just seems like that responsible guy who just continues to find ways to contribute offensively. He's a tremendous player. I love watching him play. So I was at the Panthers-Leafs game here with Cam from Bronco Plumbing and Heating. And I said, Cam Coe, watch 16 for Florida. Just watch him. And like five minutes later, Cam Coe, again, owner-proprietor of Bronco Plumbing and Heating, he's like, he never comes off the ice. I'm like, no, he doesn't. But nobody ever hears about Alexander Barkov. Ever. And I, again, I'm not voting for him for top defensive forward. There's a lot of other um, awards that I would. By the way, Bronco Plumbing and Heating, find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information, and more at broncoplumbingandheating.com. Uh, by the way, that's the thing with the Panthers. They don't get any coverage. And if for those that are just getting on to us, we have a lot of new viewers. When I started coming here in September, I went to the Panthers games, met with their VP of communications, and she said, you can interview anybody you want. Nobody ever asks to interview us. I still don't think they are being asked to be interviewed. They rolled out the red carpet. I've got my own seat in the press box here for the love of Pete. People keep asking why I keep coming back. Wouldn't you? Um, yeah, so John Lynch. I meant to say this on Friday, as you know. I called Lynch, and I honestly, folks, had to hang up on him because he was so wound up. I hadn't talked to him in a month. He was giving me anxiety. I was ripping down the uh, roadway in my Jeep. It was... <laughs> And he's like, and I'm like, John, I, I, you're breaking up. John. Click. You know it, right? You know what he's like. Anyways, the reason he's on the phone with me going, so that Florida team, they got some pretty good players. What's the guy's name? Hooby-doo? Scooby? Hooby-doo? Huberdo, John. Huberdo. Was he new? No, he's the longest serving Panther. He's been here for 10 years. Uh, who be, who be, who be, what? John Lynch <laughs> was having himself a day. Uh, love Moving, that, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, who be, do, you know how we talk, right? Who's this guy? Oh, who be, yeah. Scooby, Scooby? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <clears throat> They're all waging a war in the chat. They, they want to talk about the CFL strike, and I get it. It's day three. From the Canadian Press Wire, players on the Hamilton Tiger Cats, frustrated with the lack of negotiations for a new CFL collective agreement, will stand together in solidarity outside Tim Horton's field today. The CFLPA has told the CFL that it is prepared to continue negotiations anywhere and at any time in order to get players back to work and fans back in the stand. I see Mo Khan, our good friend Mo from TSN 690 Montreal. He has tweeted, for CFL fans ripping the Players Association and its players for striking, two words, Jonathan Hefney. Right now he is incarcerated in South Carolina. Unfortunately, he had resorted to slinging drugs to make up the dollars required to pay his medical bill. 
because the CFL wouldn't do that for an injury suffered on the field of play. Horrible situation, and um, but I'm not a labor expert at all. I've been sitting back and watching this. Um, they say that, oh, this is just standard stuff, Rod, the, the way the two sides are playing. Okay. Um, it's in my commentary today. I think you should go and read it. The old boys club that is the CFL uh, is guys that aren't that old, really. They're my age-ish, but they're used to getting their own way. They're rich kids, and when they don't get their own way, you see what's happening. They pick up their ball, they go home. I'm not talking about it. And that's where they are. And not much gets accomplished without talking about it. And now they're saying the Ryder game on Monday, supposed to play Winnipeg at 3 p.m. on the holiday Monday, statutory holiday, very good chance it won't happen unless this gets solved by tomorrow. And it doesn't look, Darren, like it's going to be solved by tomorrow. So do you have something that you can relate? Because, again, I'm not a labor relations expert. Uh, the way the CFL owners and executives are acting doesn't surprise me one bit. There are no talks scheduled. So with no talks scheduled, what makes you think they're even going to get to the table before tomorrow, let alone solve this by tomorrow? Now, from what we read, too, it sounds like, you know, when you actually get into the, the contracts and, and the negotiations, that they're not that far apart. So if they happen to get to the table, there's hope that this can get done fairly quickly. But they're not getting to the table. So it's a non-starter. It's a moot point unless they actually get to the table and start talking to hammer this out. And it's all about who can withstand the heat a little bit longer, right? It's a game of chicken. And if the ownership is sitting here being like, well, we can miss a game. We can miss a preseason game. You know, my understanding is that the players don't get paid for the preseason game, any extra money, while the owners would make money, revenue, on any ticket sales and whatnot in a preseason game. So losing the preseason game, to me, seems to hurt the franchises, the owners, more than it'll hurt the players. So, you know, it, it's, I don't know where this is going to go. It's all posturing. And the second it starts, right now, it's not a severe threat to the regular season but we're getting darn close to it being a threat to the regular season. Can you imagine them having no preseason games? Like, th th this is the thing. I am by no means a relationship expert. Not at all. But the one thing that I see with these CFL leaders that are doing the negotiating, they didn't think the players would go on strike. So I feel like they're right. reeling a little bit because they never have. Yeah. And um, these are, you know, to Randy Ambrosi. I like. I don't really have an opinion anymore because I'm not as involved as I used to be, and I don't like to make an opinion on things I don't necessarily know everything about. Is that fair? Um, yeah. You know, I liked Randy at one time, but I haven't talked to him for a couple of years. I mean, he's firmly on the owner's side, but he's their boss. Certainly makes <laughs> that makes sense to me why he would be on their side, but he doesn't look very good. And the fact that this league is on strike right now, and then if they miss games, that would be a first. There's been a strike before, but games have never been missed. I wouldn't want to be the guy on my watch that the league went on strike and missed games for the first time ever. But there's obviously no way that he can corral these owners. Like It's like obviously like herding cats. But again, I think that they've never... Uh, I don't think they've ever predicted that the players would walk out and go on strike like they have, so... I just hope that they work it out. And the other thing is I see that the players, they're retiring, like Alexander Chevrier. Uh, rough rider, fullback, linebacker, I believe he played both, and then he signed with the Autobots. He retired. Like, 
Guys are can't wait this out any longer. And the other thing, I think we talked about this near the end of the show yesterday, is that this is not like the NFL and MLB and NHL. There's not billions of dollars to fight over, and this is a case of greed. This is a case of survival. You know, and the fact that the owners are trying to, or it would appear, wait out the players, starve them, if you will, in a way, that's just not good. But there is one similarity to baseball, and that is that spring training got delayed, but they didn't miss games. So spring training got really shortened, and it did hurt the product on the field for the first few games. They were talking about, you know, that seven-week spring training or whatever it is, they had those dates mapped out in the season. So they're like, this is the time that those seven weeks are up. So we had a, a multi-week period to start the season where they almost considered it like knocking the rust off. Like it was a continuation of spring training. So the CFL may not lose games, but if they, the more training camp that they lose, the preseason games that they lose, we're going to have to, in our minds, consider week one, week two as continuations of training camp. We're going to see pretty rough on-field product to start the season as a result. Uh, from John Mitchell, our Navy friend, he says the CFL Board of Governors says they are losing the PR war with the CFLPA. Duh. The CFL has been a PR disaster since Mark Cohan. Where did they say that they're losing the PR war? I would be interested to uh, see those comments. From BW in Edmonton, he says there's a reason why Mark Cohan got out how about interview with him, Clark? Maybe Dave Randorf could get his number off his old Blackbird. BW, we'll do the guest booking. You do the watching. That's how, how it works. That? We'll do the talking. Yeah. From Jason and Red. Well, by the way, I don't think Mark Cohan wants to talk about it. He left, head held high, rode off into the sunset. I don't think he wants any part of this. I know Mark quite well. His dog's named Ryder for the love of Pete. Uh, he's just like, whoo, like a lot of us that are no longer involved in the CFL, it's like, oh, not our problem anymore. Uh, Jason and Red Deer, quoting John Lynch, how are those cheerleader girls in the rink there in Florida? He would probably ask that. And, um, as they would say in Milestone, Saskatchewan, pretty shiny. Julia Roberts was in the 7-Eleven in Weyburn one time with her boyfriend, Keeper Sutherland, because his grandma lived in Weyburn, maybe even his mom. And uh, where I used to stop every night for a Slurpee and a burrito when I was coming home from my shift at CFSL Weyburn when I was a DJ. And uh, word got around Weyburn that Julia Roberts had been in that 7-Eleven that day. And Barry McKim, my brother's old team roping partner, Thar. And I said, Barry, how did she look? He said, pretty shiny. How about that? <laughs> this was like 1992, by the way. So, pretty woman peak era. Yeah. Peak! That's peak exactly. Julia Roberts. Yeah. Pre-Aaron Brockovich, Brockovich, post pretty woman. Uh, yeah. Moose, I'll see you back here in a while. Okay, see you later. We got Andrew Walker coming in next. We're going to talk about these Stanley Cup playoffs, and he's a huge CFL fan. He'll get, we'll get his take on the strike as well. It is the RP Show on this Tuesday. It's episode number 758 of your favorite daytime sports entertainment talk show, live on Game Plus Television.
YouTube live streaming. And if you missed any of the podcasts, you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Quick sports update. The Toronto Blue Jays found their offense and confidence Monday with an impressive 6-2 win over the Seattle Mariners. Now, according to Jays star shortstop Bo Bichette, his team needs to find some consistency. That'll be the focus when the two MLB clubs meet tonight in Game 2 of the set at Rogers Center. Jose Barrios will be on the mound for the 19-17 and 17 Blue Jays, while the 16-20 and 20 Mariners counter with Logan Gilbert. By the way, the Maple Leafs say that forward Mitch Marner was unharmed after a carjacking in Toronto last night. The NHL team is holding its end-of-season availability today, but Marner is not commenting on the incident last night. He was 10th in the NHL with 97 points this past season. Thankfully, he is okay. This sports update for Baller's Rec Room. Check out our brand-new line of games for the Tab Brewhausen Drive-Thru Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Andrew Walker is a longtime friend of ours. He joins us today from Edmonton, Sportsnet Radio God, legend. You talk Blue Jays every day for a long time, Walks. Um, are you talking as much Jays these days as you used to? Uh, not not quite as much, but also it's because the, the NHL playoffs are so exciting. You know, I, I think basically in the summer, the Jays start to take over. You're right, though. When I was in Toronto, um, you know, I, I was there for the years of 15 and 16, where they finally got back to the playoffs and um, and the, the bat flip. And for man, for about a year there, it was the easiest radio I've, I've ever had to do. You went in for your three hour show, you flipped on the mics, you basically said Blue Jays and the phone boards would light up. It looked like a Christmas tree. It was amazing. Yes, well, and I'm probably that's what's happening in Edmonton now with the Orders and Flames. Um, do you want to go, let's start with tonight's games, if you don't mind. Lightning Panthers and then Avs Blues, and then we'll move to the Battle of Alberta where we have to spend the bulk of our time. But uh, what are your predictions on these series which open tonight? Well, you know, I, I was just even looking at, at the series odds, right, and to see who is favored and who is the underdog and um I'm amazed the Colorado Avalanche are as big of a favorite as they are. We're talking like five to one to win this series. I think the Blues are going to push them a little bit. Now, Colorado will probably win this series, but you know, even against the Nashville Predators, who were limping and had no goaltending, uh, Avalanche swept them, but they were in the third period in a bunch of games, and, and the one game went to overtime. Um, the one thing we learned about the first round, because we wrote off Dallas, we wrote off L.A., and they made series out of it, I really think that the Blues are, are going to be able to push the Avs. So I'm thinking at least six games there. And as for your Florida Panthers, I, I think it's their time. Um, you know, Tampa Tampa used a lot of energy to get by the Leafs. That was a, a heck of a series. Toronto easily could advance. Could have advanced. Um, I think the Panthers kind of finally get their revenge and, and go on a run here. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. The barn is going to be packed. And as I found out, they they know hockey here. It's just not top of mind. The Heat are playing as well at the same time. But if the team's good, they all show up. And they have been doing that. Now, how much play? You're in the city of champions, Walks. How is it going over that Wayne Gretzky has picked the Flames to win this series? And why would he do that? 
Well, I listen, Wayne Gretzky is, uh, he's not a, a, a fan anymore. He's not an ambassador. He's a, he's a media analyst. So I don't know, maybe, maybe he's a superstitious guy. Maybe, uh, what do they call it? The reverse jinx. Maybe he wants the Oilers to win. So he, so he picks the flames. He doesn't trust his gut. Uh, but you know what? Um, I don't, I don't blame him. Um, you know, when I look at, at this battle of Alberta and I know they, they split the season series 2-2. Uh, they each had their trouble in in the first round with teams that I think we expected them to beat in in you know five or six games. But um, a lot of this comes down to injuries. You know, I, I think that Calgary was objectively, obviously, the better team in in the regular season. I think they're a little deeper on the on the back end. Um, I think that they win the goaltending battle, even though Mike Smith has been terrific for the Oilers. I don't think he's Jacob Markstrom. And if you're trying to make a case on the other side. Listen, Gaudreau, Lindholm, Kachuk, these guys are great players, but they're not Connor McDavid. And sometimes one guy can can put a team on his back like he did in the first round. Yeah, no, and that's kind of the cool part of this series, right? I mean, let's dig into it a little more, and I'm sure you have on The Hedge, your new podcast, which we will talk about here. But it's the team depth of the Flames and Sutter Hockey, where I think they are going to run the Oilers out of the rink or try to versus the high-end skill of Edmonton. Like, you know, who do you see coming out on top and how long do you think this thing will go? I, you know, I, I pick, I do pick Calgary in this series. Um, you know, playoffs are, playoffs are strange. You know, Tanev is, is obviously injured. Leon Dreitseidel is obviously injured. Tanev so much so they didn't play in game seven. So he must be, he must be really hurt. Um, you know, I, I do pick Calgary in this series. I don't think it'll be easy. I, I would be very disappointed if a battle of Alberta was easy. Um, you know, this is going to be a series that's that's won in in the trenches. Um, and at the end of the day, yeah, I, I, I do like the, the bottom six and the physicality of, of Calgary a little more, plus they get home ice. But, um, you know, Edmonton's goal, you know, equate yourself pretty well in, in game one and then try to steal either one of game one or game two, because, you know, no matter what, you know, that, that building will be loud and it's so great to have fans back in, but you come back to Edmonton and, and game three will be going crazy here in, uh, in Edmonton as well. Well, game one Wednesday in the saddle home and you, you are a Saskatchewan kid, although you've been gone for so long. I don't know if you identify as that with yourself. I will always think of you as that, but you're in Edmonton. Now you worked in Calgary for years and Red Deer. For the people from across the country and watching in the States, explain the hate in Alberta, please, between these two fan bases. And, like, I'm worried that somebody's going to get hurt here outside the <laughs> arena over the next two weeks. I'm not, I'm not joking. Well, no, I, I, no, you're, you're, no you're, you're right. Like, listen, this isn't, this isn't European soccer. Um, but, you know, people like to drink booze and, and people get, uh, you know, they, they defend their team and, and, you know, we've seen fights at at less intense type of uh, athletic uh, endeavors than this one. So, yeah, listen, I, I think security in Edmonton and in Calgary, especially if people are wearing their team's colors in opposing territory, there's going to have to be diligence there. Um, you know, if you're going down, don't be an obnoxious fan, right? Keep to yourself. Um, but all that said, you know, this rivalry, I've, I've, I've thought a lot about it. I've, I've ruminated on it a little bit this week because it's changed, you know? Like, um, I'm, I'm 38 years old, so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no spring chicken, uh, and I still do not really recall 
at least as an adult, as a fan, a, a battle of Alberta in the playoffs. This is something that hasn't happened for 30 years, which is insane. Um, I, I was a little surprised this week because, you know, I grew up an Oilers fan. And, you know, being in media and working in Calgary and all over, you lose that fandom a little bit. So I don't necessarily care who wins and loses anymore. I, I do if I bet on them. But, um, you know, when, when I grew up and I was an Oilers fan, I hated Calgary. Like, hated Calgary. And I, like, honestly, Rod, I wouldn't even care if the Oilers lost out as long as Calgary lost out too. Like, I, I would take both teams failing over both teams succeeding. It's crazy. I'm not proud of that, but I think a lot of people feel that way in the rivalry. So I was really surprised this week that a lot of Oilers fans were rooting for the Flames in Game 7, and a lot of Flames fans were rooting for the Oilers in Game 7 because they wanted this. They wanted the Battle of Alberta. This is like a once-in-a-lifetime for a generation like me or you know anyone under 40, basically. So that surprised me a little bit. It showed me that the rivalry has softened a little bit with fans, uh, and maybe a lot of that is, hey, we're, we're coming out of pandemic, and I think Oilers fans are happy for Flames fans to be back in the building and see a big moment, and, and the same goes vice versa. However, that might disappear very quickly. But right now, I think it's softened. Hey, we got 30 seconds. Tell us about the Hedge podcast and where people can catch it. Yeah, well, listen, Rod, you know all about this. Uh, sports fandom, um, sports media, it's all going digitally. You've done an uh, amazing job with the Rod Peterson Show. You know, you're part of the inspiration uh, behind mine as well. But The Hedge, uh, you can find it at thehedgepod.com. I would encourage all your listeners, when you're done with the Rod Peterson Show, head over to The Hedge. Uh, you know, we talk a lot of sports, a lot of sports betting. Uh, you can find us on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Music, thehedgepod.com. Awesome stuff. Walks, thanks. Continued success with it and keep in touch. You as well. Thanks, Rod. We got a Taco Time viewer takeover coming up next. It is a uh, fantastic Tuesday here on the RP Show. Game time, game day, not game time yet in Sunrise at 7 p.m. Eastern tonight. Lightning and Panthers. You're watching on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is the RP Show. It is Taco Time Viewer Takeover. And by the way, as you know, it's Tuesday. That means $2 tacos at the over 120 Taco Time locations across Canada. Means your biggest decision is simply this. Hard or soft shell, beef or veggie. Taco Tuesday. At Taco Time, there's always one near you. Uh, and because it's viewer takeover, that's what we do. We turn it over to you, the viewers, with the questions in the comments before we break and bring the moose in an hour or two. Lots of time here-ish for this segment. Alex Fulton is watching. He is in Toronto, Ontario, operating this show from the Game Plus studio. And he says, morning, Rod. Which series has you more excited, Battle of Florida or Battle of Alberta? Looks like it should be two great series. Oh. Excited for both for two different reasons. One, I'll be at the Battle of Florida, so clearly. And listen, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Because there was a game, I think it was 8-1. The Panthers spanked 
the Lightning earlier this year. 8-1, something like that. Brian Dodge could tell me. He's probably watching right now. But I remember sitting behind some Panthers fans, and they said, let's hang nine on these MFers. And I'm like, yeah, I like it. They hate the Tampa Bay Lightning in Florida, but it's only just inside the arena. You know what I mean? So it'll be raucous tonight. I can't wait to get there for game one. But again, Battle of Alberta, we've been talking about it for months. <laughs> that was going to happen, and it's been lining up that that was the way it could happen, and now it's finally happened. And I'm actually happy that I'm not there. And hear me out on that. You know, for years and years and years, I wanted to be where the action is. Now I'm glad I'm not going to be where the action is. White Avenue, 17th Avenue, the fights in the stands, the fights in the parking lot, the fights in the bars in the street. I believe that's all going to happen. I don't want to be around for that. And, and especially, listen, a Battle of Alberta is probably what this world needs right now. Forget about all the problems and everything, but don't cause more. Be safe. If I, but I don't know that me saying that is going to make people do it. It reminds me of those Rough Riders at Stampeders games back in the early 2000s when there was all those fights in the crowd. Nothing we said would, could stop it. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute, by the way. So what has me more excited? I'm excited for both for two different reasons, and those are why. They hate each other here, but not as much as they hate each other up there. And interestingly enough, this is only the second time in NHL history that round two has featured combatants that are from the same state or province. Uh, earlier on in NHL history, it was Pittsburgh, Philly, and a meeting during another Battle of Alberta series. Um, so Moose will join us next hour, and we got a lot of things to unpack. Um, we haven't even got through all the Quick Six show topics. I meant to read some of them here, but we got a lot of comments and questions from our viewers. Um, yeah, Nelson Hackowitz, our VP of Sim Events, says Florida hockey has some spice to it this season. Yes, finally. We'll kick this all around more after this break. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.